welcome to episode 10 of the Stay at Home with Everyone podcast, where each week we try to create a space for encouragement, empathy, and real talk in a world that needs a little bit of all three. My name is John West. I'm the creative leader at the church at Seven Run, and joining me as always is our communications leader, Bonnie Mace. We made it to 10, Bonnie. We're at, we're at number 10. We made it. Episode 10. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we hope that this 10th episode, you can walk away with something that's insightful or new that will inspire your faith walk in a real and practical way. And we got to say, as we enter our double digits of episode numbers, I think that you are definitely going to walk away with something insightful and helpful um, because we have a guest today, one of our favorite people. Um, his name is Matt Rader, and he is a clinical therapist, and we have an awesome conversation lined up with him, but we wanted to give you a little podcast magic disclaimer um, in that we recorded this episode a very long time ago. So yeah. you're going to hear us talk about trauma and think, wow, they're missing a big part of culture of today. But yeah. the truth is, John, when we recorded this, like the, the next big trauma, like we talk about coronavirus a lot, but the next big trauma of the death of George Floyd and all the protesting that's erupted in our country since then was literally right. a future event. We had no idea it was coming. So we don't yeah. talk about it here. Yeah. Yeah, and our motivation when we first recorded it was all about the the trauma of specifically the coronavirus. And so that's a lot of the language you're going to hear um, in this conversation. But we had intended to put it out earlier. Um, we had a, a nice little content schedule <laughs> going with uh, this was actually going to accompany a message um, that Pastor Drew was going to preach uh, a few weeks back. Um, instead, we've, you know, we've kind of gone a different direction with our message series, both for our, our own reopening of our own campus, as well as also turning our attention to um, the death of George Floyd, the discussions of race in the church, Black Lives Matter, things like that. So that's why this got put off. Um, but we feel like the, the discussion of trauma is just as pertinent Mm -hmm. Now, um, if not more so, with mm -hmm. now two fairly large national conversations um, that have a lot of trauma associated with them both. Mm -hmm. So I think it's still a really powerful conversation and one that you'll you'll gain a lot from. Mm -hmm. Matt has a fount of wisdom. Um, he has all of this wisdom and experience because he has 24 years of experience as an individual and couples counselor, and he focuses on a lot of therapeutic issues, including childhood, childhood sexual abuse, depression, anxiety, relational conflict, and sexual addictions. He also leads workshops and training classes focusing on developing healthy relationships. And I got to tell you, like, we just pulled so much gold from his lessons in counseling and his deep understanding of trauma and how to just be nice to yourself uh, yeah. in a time yeah. where there's just a lot going on and there's yeah. a lot to juggle mentally. Um, and so we had so much fun with this conversation and yeah. Matt's a part of a counseling group called Centerpoint Counseling. And they're a local firm that has kind of a scattered model. They meet in different offices kind of all over our region. Uh, Matt himself has an office actually in our building on our campus. Yeah. And yep. so if you ever want to talk to him or any of his coworkers, um, Centerpoint Counseling is listed in our show notes. And, yep. um, you know, it's a great time to look into yeah. counseling as Absolutely. a resource because, um, you know, 
one, this is great content, but John, you've got like a little disclaimer for us. Right? Yeah. And just, this is just a heads up and you'd, you'd hear this, you know, if we had a doctor on here or anybody else like that as well, but just a reminder that the content that we present here today shouldn't be taken as clinical advice. Um, it's here for informational purposes and because each of you is so unique, um, we'd love for you to just consult uh, a mental health professional for any, any clinical questions that you have. Um, Matt is doing us a huge favor by just trying to paint a really nice broad picture, but also give us some action steps. But we don't want you to 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 believe that this is where you should go for your primary mental health uh, support. You need to you need to look into some of the resources that we do have in the show notes, including Centerpoint and some other options that we've we've listed there. So that's just a, a little disclaimer. And um, but it's a, it's a great conversation. We hope that it's encouraging to you. Um, so with that said, let's uh, let's hear our conversation with uh, Matt Rader. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you coming on to the podcast. And before we really dive into just kind of the mental health impacts of the coronavirus, just wanted to get to know you a little bit better. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, yeah, and, and maybe how you're handling <laughs> all of this right now. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, as a therapist, I get asked that a lot. And, you know, some of the stuff we'll talk about today, um, I, I'm also experiencing, I'm not immune. Um I am a therapist. I'm actually the clinical director of Centerpoint Counseling, uh, which is a faith-based counseling agency that serves clients throughout uh, Maryland, uh, D.C., and Virginia. Um, I've been a therapist for about 30 years, um, and I've worked with um, mainly adults, um, individuals dealing with anxiety, depression, uh, personality disorder, most mood disorders, and couples work. Um, so all of that is still happening uh, amidst uh, the coronavirus. Um, and most of what people are dealing with is just being in- exacerbated by what we're, what we're all sort of having mm-hmm. to venture through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's understandable. And it's, it is interesting to just the reminder that normal, quote unquote, normal life is still happening where people still need help with other things, you know, outside of this. So that's a good reminder. But um, now, I wanted to start with uh, an article that I had read uh, from a website called Psych Central by a psychologist who, um, or psychiatrist, you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, <laughs> but uh, it part of it reads, um, the rapid shift people have had to make from a normal life to extreme uncertainty in a matter of days and weeks gave little time to orient and adjust to the changes uh, that were coming. Even worse, people had experienced literal shock after coming out of denial, but had to override their own coping process mm-hmm. to perform their jobs, to perform for their jobs, families, and partners. Uh, people are trying to show competence and confidence while they're struggling, and this is a recipe for trauma. So just kind of help us from like a 30,000-foot level, just kind of um, help us understand why, why this is a traumatic event. And obviously that kind of, you know, gave us some hints towards that, but why is this such a traumatic event? Um, and really, you know, becoming a growing, I guess, mental health issue as well. Yeah, it is definitely trauma. What we're all experiencing uh, right now is physical and emotional trauma, um, depending on whether or not we've, uh, we're actually have contracted the virus or we're experiencing other, other physical issues associated with it, but definitely emotional trauma. Trauma is, is really, um, 
anything that we would consider to be an emotional experience that's highly stressful um, or shocking or long-term. So, you know, almost going into two and a half, three months of this, that's definitely long-term for most of us. Yeah. Uh, And so to to label it trauma is spot on. Uh, Most of the folks that we're working with now at Centerpoint are experiencing uh, symptoms of trauma. Um, oftentimes it's the idea of, of not being able, uh, to cope with whatever is going on that will, will move things into a traumatic experience. So we're all experiencing anxiety, we're all experiencing boredom and frustration and fear, um, and loss and all of those things are happening. And yet we are also all having a very difficult time coping um, because of a lot of the straight uh, constraints that we're experiencing with um, with quarantine and other restrictions, it, it impedes our ability to cope. Mm. I don't think I've ever heard trauma defined so clearly before. So thank you for that, because I was going to, you know, make sure that for our listeners, they know. Um, but yeah, that just intense emotional experience, plus a frustration with or an, an, not a frustration, an inability to cope kind of it makes the recipe for traumatic experiences is pretty much how you summarize that, right? Yes. Yes. Because we can all experience, um, you know, scary things, shocking things, frustrating things, um, and, and even, you know, devastating things at times. But if we have the ability to cope with that, um, it, it, it's going to be less likely to lead into a traumatic experience. Uh, it's the ability to cope, which really, or the inability to cope in this, in this instance, which really creates the sort of um, the perfect scenario for trauma. Yeah. That's really interesting. So part of a couple of the articles I've seen too, Matt, have just um, have said like, uh, and this, I think this goes towards what you're talking about as far as the ability to cope is, you know, like social distancing measures and things like that. And this is not a statement against them. Um, this is just a merely state, a statement of the consequence of them, right? You know, a consequence, a consequence of that is the, maybe the people we would normally go to, to cope with or something like that aren't available to us and, or, or we can't quite have the same connection as we might. Is that kind of an accurate way to describe some of the coping issue as well? Absolutely. Um, you know, not being able to have the normal resources that we all have in our lives or, yeah. or hopefully we all have in our lives in terms of relationships, in terms of people uh, to talk to and, and not just your therapist, but, you know, yeah. your, your close friend, your, your mentor, um, other relationships that you have that support you and that you typically are able to kind of go to and connect with uh, to kind of process things that are going on in your life, we're sort of cut off from them, uh, are limited in our in our ability to connect. So that adds to that. Yeah. Um, the other aspect of it is that um, this is something that none of us have ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that coping mechanism is also um, sort of uh, stunted because nobody knows what to do um, yeah. in a lot of ways, you know, because we've all sort of, we, you know, we could go back to some history, but we're we're seeing a lot of history about how viruses work, but not a lot of history in terms of how people dealt with it in terms mm-hmm. of mental health before. Right. Because it's such an emerging, you know, field of study, I think, right? Like psychology as a study is pretty, 
pretty young and spry. Relatively. Uh, yeah. yeah. So this might be the, the first time we really delve into it as a society. We're going to be reading about the mental health aspects about this, um, about the coronavirus for decades to come. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. 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 So on that note, so what are you, what's something that maybe you're anticipating like seeing in people or some flags that you could say, you know, to raise for people want to say, okay, what you're experiencing is normal because you're human. Uh, but two, like here's the, the, it's normal. It's, it's part of being human. And here's what uh, maybe a first step you can take towards, um, raising a flag or building a new coping habit or something like that. Like what is some of that stuff that you anticipate? Yeah, well, it, we anticipated, you know, with my colleagues at CenterPoint and other mental health professionals that I've been talking with, what we anticipated uh, first and foremost is that most of our clients that we're already seeing, um, if they're de- if we're seeing them for depression, we anticipate that depression becoming worse. If, yeah. we, if we're seeing them for anxiety, uh, the same thing. If we're seeing them for marital conflict, we're, we expect that to also be exacerbated. Um, uh, folks that are in recovery um, are really struggling right now um, for a lot of the same reasons, their ability to cope. Um, the, some of the tools that they're learning in their recovery now they don't have. And so yeah. we're seeing um, a lot of relapse in, in folks that are in, in the midst of their recovery. Um, what we also expect to see is that this lingering. Um, things are beginning to open up. Um, and, and I know a lot of people sort of expect, oh, I'll feel better when that happens. And in reality is uh, we're going to be experiencing a lot of these uh, sort of mental health concerns, um, anxiety and depression, um, uh, you know, substance abuse, all of those things in, in the months, uh, in the months to come and even years to come. Um, we're also going to see and already seeing, uh, seeing anyone that's ever experienced trauma before um, typically when they experience new trauma, um, a lot of the aspects of their previous trauma are now re-traumatized. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that sounds uh, a little complicated, but if, if you experience someone who has been perhaps uh, an abuse victim or sexual abuse victim uh, or a childhood sexual abuse victim or some type of an emotional trauma that they experienced in their childhood that they have actually even worked through in, in some cases, Anytime that person is in another traumatic situation, it's going to trigger some of those residual feelings as well. So from a mental health standpoint, um, there's going to be a lot out there that we're going to have to address. I think interesting, you know, that bringing up to just kind of the reopening, Matt, of of society a little bit, you know, a little bit more freedom and things like that. Um, you know, I think, you know, it's a unique situation in that, uh, stay at home orders and things like that cause a certain level of stress, right. Um, of, of new and added stress. Um, and then at the same time, as things begin, begin to open up, that also adds another level of new and different stress, right? I mean, it adds a, you know, you're, you're now trying to reassimilate in some sense back into what we would expect would be kind of quote unquote normal society, which mm-hmm. isn't quite still normal because you're still going to have to stay six feet away from people and wear a mask, things like that. So you're, you're, you're adding almost another little level of stress on e- even into like stepping into, you know, society again. So what are, what are some of those things, you know, that, that we can be looking out for, you know, 
that are signs of that stress rising. Um, and maybe even some things that we can say, hold on, I feel that, you know, what, what are, what are some steps to acknowledge it? And then what are some steps, you know, perhaps to say, how can I, how can I maybe not go that direction, you know, and not head, head towards that stress. So, um, a few things as we sort of uh, hopefully are moving out of this, uh, moving out of the quarantine phase. Um, it, and we talk about this idea of trauma and we talk about this idea of how we're responding emotionally to a lot of this. What we're going to experience um, is going to be on different levels. Um, from, a, from a clinical perspective, we're going to see uh, what would be considered adjustment disorder, which is a, a diagnosis that uh, uh, clinicians will use which uh, I like to tell people which just basically means uh, you're going through some rough stuff and you're having a hard time coping. Okay. Mm -hmm. that, that's the layman's definition of adjustment disorder. So we're all experiencing that, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so the next, the next sort of uh, phase or if, if for folks that are continuing to struggle and, and, and some of that uh, emotional pain is, is deeper than that, that's going to be considered um, uh, acute stress disorder. Um, now both of those, uh, adjustment disorder and acute stress disorder, both of those, um, as, as life begins to get restored in some semblance of what we understand to be normal. And I say that because I typically will tell people that normal is just a setting on your dryer. <laughs> and, and so That's good advice. There's no such thing as normal. Um, right. But at least from what we're accustomed to, sure. um, for most of us, those feelings, um, anxiety, depression, fear, grief, all of those feelings that we have um, will begin to subside. Um, and, and they'll begin to subside if we do some of the right and healthy things. And John, you mentioned this idea of, of processing, this idea of acknowledging what it is that we're feeling. When we're able to kind of say, hey, this is what I've been feeling. How about you? And we're, we're able to start talking to one another. Um, and again, you know, with a, with a therapist or with a friend or um, anyone that you can confide in and say, hey, this is what I've experienced. Um, and just to be able to, to talk about it and acknowledge it and, and then have that reaffirmed back to you um, by other people that are going to say the same thing. Yeah, this is I was experiencing the same thing. That's going to help. We're going to be able to help each other um, cope and help each other sort of acknowledge our feelings and just say it is what it is. I was afraid. I'm yeah. still a little anxious and those kind of things. That's going to be really, really helpful to be able to do. The things that we have to navigate now in this particular setting is as we sort of begin to kind of come out uh, of our houses and begin to um, re-engage with people, the, there's still a level of anxiety and fear about that. Um, mm -hmm. I've talked to people as, as our governor announced, you know, phase one, and I've heard people say, I'm still afraid to go into the grocery store. Sure. I'm still afraid um, to go into a restaurant. And so now it's even a little bit more stressful for some people because right. before we all knew what to do, yep. stay at home, yep. you know, stay at home, don't go anywhere. And now that we're starting to be able to do some of these things, there's that sort of uncertainty, uh, you know, is this a safe thing to do? They're doing it in the next state over, but, but we're not. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. They're doing it in the next county over, but we're not. What mm -hmm. does that mean? What is mm -hmm. safe? And, 
Um, so that's going to create some anxiety as well. That's going to have to be sort of worked through and, and yeah. talked about. That's, that's good. Yeah. What I love is that we're just kind of taking a moment. This has been a huge thing of my own journey. So it will come up anytime I talk for long amounts of times. Um, but uh, just the idea of like being nice to yourself and being compassionate to yourself. And what I like about where we've gone so far in this conversation is just to not like, like you're saying, acknowledge some of these things are reality. Cause I think there's a huge human danger. That's really, really detrimental to be like, okay, we're all experiencing the same thing. So you suck it up. Like, um, and I think that's something that we do to each other a lot of times, but even more so, I think that's something that we do in our own brains, <laughs> you know, um, to be like, okay, I've, like I've been staying at home for a month. I shouldn't complain. I like, why am I tired? You know? Um, so what are some, what are some, I guess, tips you have Matt to help people put the brakes on, like, just be nasty to yourself and being uncompassionate to your friends, um, things like that. Like, how do you advise people to break that cycle of negative talk and thinking? Yeah, that's a great question because I, 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 I'm running into that every every day when I'm working with my clients and I'm and I'm hearing them say, uh, you know, I'm I'm having a real hard time doing this or I'm having a real hard time doing that. And I, w- I was speaking with someone that was talking about their their business and they were. Um, giving themselves a hard time for, you know, not making, you know, the right decisions regarding their business. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, I kind of just, you know, oftentimes will hear myself saying, um, because it's a global pandemic (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, just addressing with that person in terms of, of their business is like, you know, you did, you did everything right. Mm -hmm. You just, nobody thought this was going to happen. Nobody planned this. No, No one, no one sort of worked this into the equation uh, in terms of, you know, when, when we make plans for vacation, we were like, oh, we, we might want to not go in hurricane season because that, that kind of happens sometimes. Um, yeah. But when we were looking at 2020, we weren't thinking, well, we'll do this unless there's a global pandemic right. and, then, and then we won't. And yeah. um, so just allowing people just to kind of say, you know, this this was a, a shock and a surprise to all of us. Um, and everyone in the world is experiencing the same thing. And I, I hear, my, hear myself saying that to a lot of folks. You know, this isn't just, this isn't just uh, Anne Arundel County. This isn't just Maryland. This, this is everywhere in the world. People are dealing with the same kind of feelings, the same kind of uh, shock and fear and, and grief and sadness and frustration and anger, all of And just kind of saying, it's all good. It's okay that you feel that way. Yeah. Um, look, telling yourself in the mirror that, and then telling your, you know, your spouse, your children, your friends that it's like, yep, we all feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we all feel it and are experiencing a lot of the same things, but I think too, something to keep in mind is, you know, for everybody, and especially those of us who claim to follow Jesus is we are experiencing the same circumstance, but we're all processing that differently. Right, Matt? Like that's part of that coping and different experiences that we've had. Um, I think it's awesome that you even bring up, you know, someone who's had a traumatic experience in the past, like, okay, yeah, they're also having to wear a mask at the grocery store. Um, but that may feel like a very different experience for them having experienced the trauma. So when they complain about wearing a mask at the grocery store one too many more times, then you feel like you should hear them do that. Um, 
it's important for us to extend that extra level of grace because that's what, you know, loving well in this season can definitely um, look like. And so here's, here's like, I didn't write this question down, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. Um, for those of us who maybe were struggling with that extra level of compassion towards others, um, and we're trying, we're finding our patience really low. Like what are some encouragement? Um, if we're feeling extra optimistic and somebody's feeling extra pessimistic, like what's something we can do from the sunny side of things, not to make a pessimistic or someone who's dealing with a trauma or who already had depression feel worse. Like what can we do to bring them up instead of just make them feel more shame? Hmm. Good question. Um, I think, um, first and foremost, just to just kind of meet them where they're at. Um, I, I like that you talked about, you know, I'm typically an optimist <laughs> and, right. and, you know, the, the, the flaw all of us optimists have is we want everyone to feel the way that we do. Mm-hmm. And so it is our nature to kind of say, look on the bright side, you know, and you know, well, what people are saying is I don't want to look on the bright side or I can't even see a bright side right now. And so meeting people where they're at and just kind of sitting with them in if, if there's, you know, cause their experience is different than yours. And so it, you might be feeling optimistic about certain things that you've, that you've experienced, but, but they're not. And so just recognize that and just that sort of, sort of emotionally sitting down with them, that sort of visual of sitting down beside someone um, because that's what they're doing. You know, you want to get up, you want to go and run and you want to go and do things. And, and they, they're just having a hard time getting out of that chair. And so uh, sort of emotionally pulling up a chair next to them and just sort of engaging with them um, in, in their, in their stuckness, if, if that's what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, as a, this is totally random. This is for free. <laughs> for free. This is a free. Okay. <laughs> as a therapist, surely you've seen Inside Out because as you described Absolutely. that whole thing, yes. like, <laughs> that scene of sadness just sitting next to Bing Bong for a minute and Joy having this like completely, like, Joy is exactly, you know, almost what you described of like, let's go, we can keep being happy. And then she has this like breakthrough moment. So if you have a hard time visualizing... <laughs> <laughs> Great advice, Matt's giving you. Go back to that movie because it's brilliant. It's my favorite movie of all time. So that's totally free. But I just, I, that's what I picture is just that moment of compassion and empathy to to remind ourselves like we don't have to fix you, you know. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And you like, know, if if we're gonna go there, if we're gonna go to that movie, uh, you know. Yeah, let's go. We can edit we this win. later. This um, is awesome. <laughs> what I what I like about that is the relationship all of those emotions have to one another that create the whole, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we are created, uh, heart, soul, mind, and body. And, um, you know, we respond to all of our experiences with all of those things, with our, mm-hmm. with our mind, with our, uh, our emotions, with how we feel things physically, it's all tied together. And I talk with my clients a lot about that in, um, my training is I'm a cognitive therapist, which basically um, addresses sort of the philosophy of, you know, how you think uh, Im- impacts uh, the way you feel, which often will impact what you do. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of ways that I can help people address some of the things that they're, they're struggling with emotionally is 
getting a sense of how they're thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I like that movie because you see a lot of that interaction going on between uh, between all of those, uh, you know, the brain and, nice. and 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 the emotions. And and in this particular case, we do need to really focus a lot on. Uh, how we're choosing to to view what's happening and how we're choosing to um, interpret um, in, in, what we're experiencing. And, you know, that's why I'd say the folks that are sitting there watching TV and watching the news over and over and over, turn it off <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. because it's really impacting them in, in a way that's probably not that healthy. Um, at this point in time, uh, you know, I may be going out on a limb here, but I don't think there's anything new. Um, in terms yeah. of what we can learn about what we're experiencing from a coronavirus standpoint. And now most of what we're seeing on the news is just the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so looking for other things to sort of uh, direct our, our, our focal point, direct our viewpoint, direct our perspective will impact how we feel. And, yeah. and, then, and then what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it, so just... Coming from a news background, I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you right now that like that is a hundred percent true. I mean that you know for the most part, and that there are things every day you know that come out that might be slightly different than what they were yesterday, or you know whatever it may be. But at this point, it is we're we're so deep into this that it is, and it's the thing is it's it's the thing that captures our attention right now, right? I mean, it, it has to be because we're, again, we're all in some sense dealing with the same thing, right? We're all in some sense dealing with this thing called coronavirus, you know, on some level. And so that's the thing we're going to hear about the most, but it's also the, the thing that, like, you can't focus on every day because <laughs> there isn't something new there isn't something new every day uh, and so it does it does get and it actually I'll pull I'm gonna pull two strings at once here I'm gonna keep pulling the inside out string and I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw in uh, some good new- uh, some good news string I don't know if you've seen this Matt but okay awesome John Krasinski doing some good news so uh, along those lines you know uh, you know obviously there are these there are these concerted attempts you know, being made right now to, to put some good news out there, to, to focus on some of the brighter side. And, you know, so that's why I'm pulling, I'm pulling on the joy string right now from inside out, like focus on the brighter side. Um, and this is, you know, this, this can be a professional question, but I think I've asked this before on the podcast as a personal question too. And it's just what right now is, is allowing you to feel hope in this situation? Because, I think sometimes we we do sit there, we watch the news every day, and we watch the wrong kind of news, <laughs> um, and uh, and you know, and we start to lose that hope. And you know what? So you know, maybe maybe it's from the professional side, but if you wanted to answer personally as well, you know, what is something that can keep our mind and our eyes kind of more focused on the hope side? Yeah, I I think um, it, it is. The answer to that, you know, I could recommend from a professional standpoint and, and then answer also from a personal standpoint. And I think, well, number one, you know, uh, uh, I think for folks uh, that, you know, live a faith life, um, the hope is always present. Yeah. Um, but it's always it's going to depend on where you're looking. Um, mm-hmm. What I like about uh, some good news is it, it's just it's just putting out there some of the things that are, are just happening that are just, uh, 
uh, are just that are good news versus what we've been hearing for the last, mm-hmm. you know, several weeks. And, and yeah. they're there, they're there. It just depends on where you're looking and, sure. and where you're choosing to look. And I love what they're doing there is in terms of throwing it out there um, and making sure people can see it. I don't think you have to look far um, to start seeing um, things that, that bring hope. Um, you know, and I, I've had several conversations with folks and we talk about just the timing of all of this. Um, you know, I love the summer, um, and, you know, sunshine makes me feel better and (laughs) I love the sound of lawnmowers and, 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 and smell of baseball dirt. Right. I don't like cutting grass, but I love the sound of lawnmowers because, you know, it it signifies summer, (laughs) but just the idea of, of, you know, looking forward to something is helpful. Um, You know, the reality is, you know, I'm, I'm not a medical professional, but, you know, I, I've seen enough and I think we've all seen enough to recognize that, you know, that these, we are, um, I think, I think uh, Governor Hogan just announced this morning that numbers are still trending down, which is a good sign and mm-hmm. um, encouraging people to, to be safe and can continue to practice um, uh, smart living in terms of dealing with, you know, a virus. But um, so there's there's a sense of optimism and thinking about the things that you do during the summer, being outside, um, you know, uh, doing fun things, hiking. I love to fish. I just can't wait to go fishing. I'm looking forward to going fishing. I don't know when I'm going to do that, uh, but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. Um, it, you know, and just turning our hearts and our minds to things that um, that bring us joy, that bring us encouragement, that bring us um uh, you know, a sense of fun. Um, and, and, you know, summer does that for me. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, I think if there were winter, we, we'd be looking at, uh, just, uh, the holidays and focusing on that, you know, Christmas is still going to happen, whether, you know, we, you know, that kind of a thing, always sort of looking ahead in terms of the things that bring us joy is a good way to focus on things. Um, Um, does that that address both sides yeah. of that? I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. I guess I I had written down kind of a good follow up, recognizing that you're a complex and layered human. That is a <laughs> you're a fun human. Well, I love that description. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is it, um, aren't we all? <laughs> but like as a Christ follower, and and I'll just state for people listening, like Matt is a present face at Seven Run. He's been part of our um, church leadership council. He pokes his head whenever we work from our offices. Um, Matt will come around and yell at us if we're there to not yell. It's not abrasive. It's, I use that it's more of like a check around. on us. Yeah. Yes. Self-care, self-care. I miss you guys, by, by the way. I'm, yeah. I'm still in the building. I'm still in the building. And I, I walk around and it's an empty building. I miss you all. No I one to say self-care at. That's My husband right. isn't as nice when I work past five o'clock. I don't think he comes yeah. in. Like, Hello, it's time for a walk now. Um, and I'm like, that's Matt, you said you do, you do marital counseling, right? I yeah. do. I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking out. But anyway, so coming, coming at you as a, as a very involved Christ follower, someone who you're very invested in the church and mental health professional, like broadening out past even coronavirus times, what's something that you wish you could smash inside of religion for people that you think would actually free them in terms of self-care and mental health 
um, that's actually probably more Christ-like than what we tend to believe inside of our churches and inside of religion from time to time. Do you have one of those? Hmm. Smash that you threw me Smashed, off there with that. Yeah. You can be less violent than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I just think from, from a faith perspective and, and this applies uh, for all aspects of, of my life, I think, and my walk. Um, and I definitely think it applies now is just grace. Um, and in terms of giving ourselves grace for, for feeling, um, afraid, um, and feeling some of the things that, you know, that, that maybe we, you know, we might be wrongly sort of judged for, for being, having fear and having fear about the future and, and for sometimes questioning, you know, the Lord and what's going on and, and, and just, and just giving ourselves grace and giving the people we that are around us grace that to know that that's okay to, to be feeling those feelings. I mean, I think even, even Christ and as, as he was being crucified, he struggled and, you know, called out to God and, and was asking what he was he doing in the sense of, um, that's okay to, to, it's okay to feel that way. Um, this, the, the, all that we're experiencing, God is aware of, um, and and God has planned and 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 been a part of, and, and it's our process, it's our walk, mm-hmm. it's our journey through it. Not what we're doing in the midst of it, uh, you know, in terms of just focusing on on a pandemic, but just how we relate to the Lord in our in our personal walk and how we relate to others. And I just think, for me, that's the key word is just grace. I, I know mm-hmm. I want people to extend grace to me because I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I get irritable and, and frustrated and, yeah. and, um, there's a lot more people in my house, um, uh, interacting. Um, and there's four of the five of us, four, four of us, um, uh, four adults in, in our home mm-hmm. that aren't, aren't used to being together or haven't been used to being together for a long time. And so, yeah. um, we're all just trying to extend grace to one another. And I think that, that, um, from a faith perspective, um, if we're doing more of that uh, mm-hmm. with ourselves and other people, I, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, that's good. Cause we can, us Christians, we can do pretty good at beating ourselves up. I mean, that's some bad religion that we've carried on for a few uh, generations. <laughs> and, and I think if I would just add also what we're also seeing is, is that a lot of people are thinking very differently from one another in terms of, What's the right way to handle things? Um, just in terms of even what social distancing is supposed to look like, and mm. and and uh, you know, different people, different uh, different states, different counties are doing things differently. And and you know, hey, you know, the neighbors are having people over. Oh, they right. shouldn't be doing, you know, yeah. and and just kind of like you know, just kind of saying to yourself, you know, I just need to take care of myself. I need to take care of my family and. And, and uh, just trust that they're doing the same thing in the best way that they can as well. And just extend that grace and it'll be easier. Yeah, that's, that's good. good stuff. All right. So Matt, as we are coming towards the end of our interview together, just wondering, do you have any um, final thoughts or things that you wanted to share with our listeners in the world? Yes, I, I just want to encourage people. Uh, uh, thanks for reminding me about my favorite phrase, uh, uh, Bonnie, about self-care, self-care, self-care. Um, <laughs> the best. You know, do not hesitate to just ask yourself, how am I doing? 
Um, and if the answer is anything like not really good at all or not well or I'm, I'm struggling, do not hesitate to reach out um, and, and talk with someone, interact with someone, I, I, either, again, someone you're close to um, or, or obviously a mental health professional. Um, the, the great thing um, that I have learned as a therapist that I wouldn't have thought about six months ago is just the ability to kind of connect with my clients um, via telehealth. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, the doors to doing that kind of work were closed for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then the first week of uh, stay at home, the doors were just flung open. And, and I, I, I took that as just as a gift from the Lord, just to be able to connect with people that I wouldn't have been able to do so uh, as a clinician. And so there are people available to you, mental health professionals that are available to you now more than ever before Mm -hmm. in terms of you don't have to leave your home. Um, And so there's opportunities to to reach out to a mental health professional um, uh, or or uh, or your pastor or small group leader and that there's there's ways to do that don't keep it inside yeah. just acknowledge what you're feeling share with what you're feeling if you feel like what you're feeling is a bit beyond your ability to 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 deal with don't hesitate um to seek out that help yeah and matt give us a, just a real practical step if if you, somebody's feeling like they're ready to take that step towards you know a mental health professional you know, what, what are some ways that we can, can get that help? Yeah. So, you know, uh, centerpointcounseling.org, uh, is a good one. Um, yeah. it'll uh, be in the show notes cause you guys do have some fun spelling going uh, yes, on. Yes, it is. Yes. We do have some fun spelling about that, but I think <laughs> any mental health professional and, and, you know, fortunately I think, uh, we're really blessed in this area to have a lot of good people, um, that, that are out there trying to provide the level of care that folks need. But here's the great thing. Um, if you sense that you're not doing well, um, don't look at contacting a mental, mental health professional as uh, a long-term, oh, no, I, I don't think I could start the whole therapy process and things like that. Um, you may not need to. You, you might just need uh, just the, the opportunity to talk with someone that has some skill in that area. And it might be you know, just that one time um, mm-hmm. connecting with them. You may find it helpful and want to continue, um, but don't let that idea of uh, long-term therapy sort of uh, keep you from just reaching out and, and asking for help for this, for this crisis moment because, um, because there's a lot of professionals out there that, that can help you uh, address some of these things in, 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 in an hour. Uh, mm-hmm. Or maybe two, or maybe even more. But don't don't be intimidated, or don't be fearful about um, entering into that process. Yeah, you, you mean therapists don't they don't hold it against you if you break up with them at some point? Uh, absolutely not. I always ah, tell people. I yeah. always tell people. You know, the goal is for you not to come here anymore. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> so, so that's that's, that's totally part fine. of the process, right? That's yeah. part of the fun. Yeah. yeah. And even like some of my, you know, I, I will always be a, everybody needs to see a counselor at some point in their life. Um, believer and just reminding people too, like counselors have, you know, therapists have personalities also. And so, um, right. they also won't take it personally. If you go see, um, one therapist one time and you just don't click and you can't have a conversation with them. Like they're not bad at their job. That's not what that is. Right. It's just a personality thing. So it's gotta be the right fit. 
It's got to right. be the right fit. Yeah. Maybe jump around in the practice and find somebody who you feel more comfortable with and can carry on a conversation a little bit longer. Cause that's an experience I've had too. If it's like, okay, you know, this person wouldn't be like tenured at this office if they were bad at their job. It's just, we're not a good fit and that's fine. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, that's great. That relationship is very, very important. Um, and finding the right fit, finding the right therapist, um, for you, Mm -hmm. um, is, is really the key to having a good clinical relationship and a good therapeutic process. Mm -hmm. Don't force it. It doesn't feel right. There's always somebody else out there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. This, this has been really, really good. And well, yeah. thanks for having me. This has I been hope fun. really helpful. I hope I really helpful. To, I look forward to seeing you all soon. Yeah, yes. we look forward to seeing you too. <laughs> I am ready for the tap on the tap on the door frame. It's five oh five. Five oh five. You need to go home. <laughs> so everybody, everybody needs a Matt Raider alarm clock at five o'clock. That <laughs> is true. true. So awesome. Well, we were super jazzed up to have you. I was. Yeah. my own husband. I was like, I'm so excited to interview Matt Rader. One, because again, we miss seeing you around, but two, because I always learned something from Matt Rader and his wanderings in the hallways. Um, so it was good to share that with the stay at home, the seven run crowd. I love the crowd. Once again. See you all soon. I hope. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. Thank you so much again. All right. Thank you. Yeah, just so much good stuff in there with Matt. And I think, you know, after walking away from that conversation with him, you know, number one, I've really enjoyed, and this isn't me bragging, but I really enjoy hearing how people are finding hope right now. And I think mm-hmm. that there's, there is just so much hope that people can find. And I think that this is an amazing avenue for a lot of people to, to go down, which is to, to seek some professional help with just what you're feeling and how you, how do you process that? Right. Um, and we've talked about, you know, when, when he defined trauma for us, um, you know, we, you hear our reaction there, but like that just kind of puts it in a whole new light. I think of, you know, we go through all of these, uh, emotional things in our lives, but sometimes we just don't have those tools to cope yeah. and we really have to seek them out and, and get some people to help us sometimes find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just think it's just super valuable. I mean, I really appreciate it his time and, and, and just all the things he brought to the table. So, Mm -hmm. and there's no shame in that seeking, you know, that's just part of the human experience. And one of the things we thought we would clarify is differentiating between what you are going to find when you seek pastoral counseling versus a licensed therapist or counselor. Um, we love having conversations with seven runners and offering wisdom and insight, things like that. You can have those appointments with a staff member or a pastor Anytime we're still doing those over phone. Um, Mm -hmm. But here's what we offer. We'll offer insight based on scripture. Mm -hmm. We'll offer our insight based on growth. We do not have the, aside from Gwen Hubbard, actually, like we do not have the the basis for therapeutic treatment. We don't have the qualifications to help you work through trauma as well as we don't have the, we don't have the qualifications to help you work through trauma like a licensed counselor does. They go to years of school, they re-up their licensing to make sure that they're giving you the best practices. So do you want to go to see a pastor? Do you want to go see a counselor? You can start a conversation with a pastor, um, or with a staff member, and we are going to tell you where we end. 
and say, um, this is a great revelation for you. I'm not going to be able to help you through this, but here are yep. some resources um, for you to take next steps. So if you're a little bit gun shy on full-fledged counseling, come have a conversation with a staff member. We're happy to help you take those next steps. Um, but yeah, we've yeah. got some of that in the show notes here too. So. Yeah, and I was going to say, we do that all the time. I mean, we have business cards in the office for several different counselors, you know, mm-hmm. because that's something that we do all the time is pass on that information so people can seek that further. Um, and so, yeah, we will we'll go ahead and we'll put a way to get in touch with us in the comments, but we are in the show notes, but we'll also put um, uh, a way that you can reach Centerpoint, which is where Matt is clinical director, as well as just a, color, a couple other counseling resources that we trust mm-hmm. in there. Um, and, you know, again, you know, this has a stigma around it that it should not have, and uh, there is no shame in mm-hmm. getting someone to help you process and start figuring out those coping skills. So mm-hmm. again, you know, all of this was meant to be an encouragement and um, this is not you know, this was not a a podcast of clinical advice, but it is meant to be an encouragement um, so that you can, if you, if you really think you're at that point, go ahead and seek that clinical advice. So Mm -hmm. um, we want to thank Matt so much for joining us. It was an awesome conversation. Um, And as always guys, you know, feel free to share this uh, with your friends. Um, Don't forget to give us a rating and a review so other people can see it. And I think until next week, We want you to go out there and love well, live Jesus, believe big, and make lots of bloopers. Yeah, lots of bloopers. He freezes every once in a while. Okay. (laughs) He'll just pick up. (laughs) I I froze. (laughs) I'm frozen, aren't I? You can't hear me. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We were just catching up while you were gone. (laughs)